Section 21, Volume 2 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2, Section 21. When it was the fifty-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the trader saved Nusat al-Saman from the Badawi and bore her to his lodgings and robed her in the richest raiment, he went down with her to the bazaar where he bought her what ornaments she chose and put them in a satin bag which he set before her, saying, all is for thee and i ask nothing of thee in return but that when i lead thee to the sultan viceroy of damascus thou acquaint him with the price i paid for thee albeit it was little compared with thy value and if seeing thee he buy thee of me thou tell him how i have dealt with thee and ask of him for me a royal patent and a written recommendation wherewith I can repair to his father, King Omar bin al-Nu'uman, lord of Baghdad, to the intent that he may forbid the tax on my stuff or any other goods in which I traffic. When she heard his words, she wept and sobbed, and the merchant said to her, O oh, my lady, I observe that every time I mention Baghdad, thine eyes are tearful. Is there any one there whom thou lovest? If it be a trader or the like, tell me, for I know all the merchants and so forth there, and if thou wouldst send him a message, I will bear it for thee. Replied she, By Allah, I have no acquaintance among merchant folk and the like. I know none there but King Omar bin Nu'uman, lord of Baghdad. When the merchant heard her words, he laughed and rejoiced with exceeding joy, and said in himself, By Allah, I have won my wish. Then he said to her, Hast thou been shown to him in time past? She answered, No, but I was brought up with his daughter, and he holdeth me dear, and I have high honour with him. So if thou wouldst have the king grant thee thy desire, give me ink, case, and paper, and I will write thee a letter. And when thou reachest the city of Baghdad, do thou deliver it into the hand of King Omar bin al-Nu'uman, and say to him, Thy handmaid, Nusat al-Saman, would have thee to know that the chances and changes of the nights and days have struck her as with a hammer, and have smitten her, so that she hath been sold from place to place, and she sendeth thee her salams. And if he ask further of her, say that I am now with the viceroy at Damascus. The merchant wondered at her eloquence, and his affection for her increased, and he said to her, I cannot but think that men have played upon thine understanding, and sold thee for money. Tell me, dost thou know the Koran by heart? Yes, answered she, 
and I am also acquainted with the philosophy and medicine, and the prolegomena of science, and the commentaries of Galen, the physician, on the canons of Hippocrates, and I have commented him, and I have read the Taskira, and have commented the Burhan, and I have studied the symbols of Ibn Baytar, and I have something to say of the canon of Mecca by Avicenna. I can read riddles, and I can solve ambiguities, and discourse upon geometry, and am skilled in anatomy. I have read the books of the Shafi'i school, and the traditions of the prophet, and syntax. And I can argue with the ulema, and discourse of all manner learning. Moreover, I am skilled in logic, and rhetoric, and arithmetic, and the making of talismans and almanacs and I know thoroughly the spiritual sciences, and the times appointed for religious duties, and I understand all these branches of knowledge. Then quoth she to the merchant, Bring me ink, case, and paper, that I write thee a letter, which will aid thee on thy journey to Baghdad, and enable thee to do without passports. Now when the merchant heard this, he cried out, brava brava then o happy he in whose palace thou shalt thereupon he brought her paper and ink case and a pen of brass and bussed the earth before her face to do her honour she took a sheet and handled the reed and wrote therewith these verses i see all power of sleep from eyes of me hath flown Say, did thy parting teach this ein on wake to bone? What makes thy memory light such burnings in my heart? Hath every lover strength such memories to own? How sweet the big dropped cloud which rained on summer day! Tis gone, and ere I taste its sweets afar tis flown. I pray the wind, with windy breath to bring some news from thee to lover white we love so woe begone complains to thee a lover of all hope forlorn for parting pangs can break not only heart but stone and when she had ended writing these verses she continued these words are from her who saith that melancholy destroyeth her and that watching wasteth her, in the murk of whose night is found no light, and darkness and day are the same in her sight. She tosseth on the couch of separation, and her eyes are blackened with the pencils of sleeplessness. She watcheth the stars arise, and into the gloom she strains her eyes. Verily, sadness and leanness have consumed her strength and the setting forth of her case would run to length. No helper hath she but tears, and she reciteth these verses. No ring-dove moans from home on branch in morning light, but shakes my very frame with sorrow's killing might. No lover sighteth for his love or gladdeth heart to meet his mate, but breeds in me redoubled blight. I bear my plaint to one who has no ruth for me. 
Ah, me, how love can part man's mortal frame and sprite. Then her eyes welled over with tears, and she wrote also these two couplets. Love smote my frame so sore on parting day, that severance severed sleep and eyes for a. I waxed so lean that I'm still a man, but for my speaking thou wouldst never say. Then she shed tears and wrote at the foot of the sheet, This cometh from her who is far from her folk and her native land, the sorrowful-hearted woman Nusat al-Saman. In fine she folded the sheet and gave it to the merchant, who took it and kissed it, and understood its contents and exclaimed, Glory to him who fashioned thee! And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the fifty-ninth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Nusat al-Saman wrote the letter, and gave it to the merchant, and he took it and read it, and understood the contents, and exclaimed, Glory to him who fashioned thee! Then he redoubled his kindness, and made himself pleasant to her all that day, and when night came, he sallied out to the bazaar and bought some food, wherewith he fed her, after which he carried her to the hammam, and said to the bathwoman, as soon as thou hast made an end of washing her head, dress her and send, and let me know of it. And she replied, Hearing is obeying. Meanwhile he fetched food and fruit and wax candles, and set them on the bench in the outer room of the bath. And when the tire-woman had done washing her, she dressed her and led her out of the bath, and seated her on the bench. Then she sent to tell the merchant, and Numat al-Saman went forth to the outer room, where she found the tray spread with food and fruit. So she ate, and the tire-woman with her, and gave the rest to the people and keeper of the bath. Then she slept till the morning, and the merchant lay the night in a place apart from her. When he aroused himself from sleep, he came to her, and waking her, presented her with stuff of fine stuff, and a head-kerchief worth a thousand dinars, a suit of Turkish embroidery, and walking-boots purfled with red gold, and set with pearls and gems. Moreover, he hung in each of her ears a circlet of gold, with a fine pearl therein, worth a thousand dinars, and threw round her neck a collar of gold, with bosses of garnet, and a chain of amber beads, that hung down between her breasts over her navel. Now to this chain were attached ten balls and nine crescents, and each crescent had in its midst a bezel of ruby, and each ball a bezel of balas, the value of the chain was three thousand dinars, and each of the balls were priced at twenty thousand dirhams, so that the dress she wore was worth in all a great sum of money. When she had put these on, the merchant bade her adorn herself, and she adorned herself to the utmost beauty, 
Then she let fall her fillet over her eyes, and she fared forth with the merchant preceding her. But when folk saw her, all wondered at her beauty, and exclaimed, Blessed be Allah, the most excellent creator! O lucky the man in whose house the hall be! And the trader ceased not walking, and she behind him, till they entered the palace of Sultan Sharkan, when he sought an audience, and, kissing the earth between his hands, said, O auspicious king, I have brought thee a rare gift, unmatched in this time, and richly gifted, with beauty and with good qualities. Quoth the king, Let me see it. So the merchant went out and brought her, she following him till he made her stand before King Sharkan. When he beheld her, blood yearned to blood, though she had been parted from him in childhood, and though he had never seen her, having only heard a long time after her birth that he had a sister called Nusat al-Saman, and a brother Sa'u al-Makan, he having been jealous of them because of the succession. And such was the cause of his knowing little about them. Then, having placed her before the presence, the merchant said, O king of the age, besides being peerless in her time and beauty and loveliness, she is also versed in all learning, sacred and profane, including the art of government and the abstract sciences. Quoth the king to the trader, Take her price according as thou boughtest her, and go thy ways. I hear and I obey, replied the merchant, but first write me a patent, exempting me for ever from paying tith on my merchandise. Said the king, I will do this, but first tell me what price thou paidest for her. Said the merchant, I bought her for an hundred thousand dinars, and her clothes cost me another hundred thousand. When the sultan heard these words, he declared, I will give thee a higher price than this for her. And calling his treasurer, said to him, Pay this merchant three hundred and twenty thousand ducats, so will he have an hundred and twenty thousand dinars profit. Thereupon the sultan summoned the four kazis and paid him the money in their presence, and then he said, I call you to witness that I free this my slave girl and purpose to marry her. So the Cassis wrote out the deed of emancipation and the contract of marriage, when the sultan scattered much gold on the head of those present, and the pages and the eunuchs picked up this largesse. Then, after paying him his monies, Sharkan bade them write for the merchant a perpetual patent exempting him from toll, tax, or tith upon his merchandise, and forbidding each and every in all his government to molest him, and lastly bestowed on him a splendid dress of honour. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 21 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2 Read by Lars Rolander